Hey everybody, welcome to Tapa Tuesday. This is Lindsay Ward, the conduit on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. Here with my friend and soul brother, Hans Carver, the man on the path. Hello. Hello. Hi. This is a new way to do Tapa Tuesday because usually I have this just on Zoom. Um, but we decided to uh, converse in person. So this is a totally different and intimate experience. I'm a huge fan of facial expressions, and I think that not speaking over top of each other, facial expressions in the middle of the conversation really lets you know where somebody's at. I feel like it tells a much more thorough story. I feel like we're on our own TV show. We are. <laughs> I think we are in we are. general. <laughs> but also we have this amazing flower of light backdrop with you know, the green and the purple, so the masculine, feminine energies. So this is so exciting. As you all know, uh, this podcast is called Tatva Tuesday. Tatva is a Sanskrit word that means truth. And so we're going to talk about Hans's truth and Hans's spiritual journey as well and his conception of God or source. So we'll just start at the beginning with what is your, you know, talk, let's talk about your spiritual journey. How did you get on that? It, um, it really started, I would say I was a young, young child, probably three. I had been driven by a car and had lost my ability to walk when I was about one and a half. And I remember being really, really sad about not being able to walk anymore because I had just learned to walk. And um, my knees were rubbish. My toes were rubbish. I had been drunk for about a mile, you know, 40 miles per hour. So I had spent a lot of time in bed thinking. And when I came out of bed at one and a half years old, you know, almost two. Um, somebody handed me a marble egg. And I don't know if it was marble. I don't know. Rose quartz. I don't know what it was. A baby. And when I held that egg, I remember everything tingled in my entire soul. And my soul was bigger than my body. And... Honestly, this is weird, but it was like an old man was taking his fingers and rubbing on the back of my head, and I enjoyed it very much, even though there was nobody else there. Except, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to say, yeah, there was an old man rubbing my head. I was two years old, and I had an enemy. But so I knew from that moment on that there was so much more to life than most people understood, and I knew about it. I didn't know it had anything to do with the stone. I didn't know it had anything to do with chakras or energy. I just knew that holding that egg shouldn't electrify my entire being the way it did. And um, it started like that, and it was slow and steady. We moved around a lot. I was raised by an alcoholic addict mother, so there was lots of violence, lots of abuse, lots of you know, all the bad words that you can think of were going on. And um, as a young kid, I learned to be more of like a social butterfly to not just make friends, but to feel whole. Mm -hmm. And 
after years of that, by 13, I was kind of, I was diagnosed narcissism, narcissistic disorder at 13. And that was after being a narcissist for years. So my ego was overinflated. And um, actually, when I was diagnosed narcissistic, I, they told me the definition and I thought, why isn't everybody what is narcissistic? Can you, <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like narcissism is thrown around a lot. Yeah. And so can you define it for us? Yeah, it's not just thinking of yourself better than everybody else, like self-seeking. It's also thinking that you walking through life is more important than anyone else, period. Like your path through life was more important. So other people's emotions, other people's actions, other people's desires absolutely mean nothing. The only thing that matters is what you can take out of it. And of course, there's a lot of self-seeking behavior, a lot of selfish behavior wrapped into that. But you honestly, as a narcissist, other people's emotions are of no concern. <laughs> Instant gratification is a and even delayed gratification is a concern. I want what I want, and I want right now because I'm better than the rest of the world. And I honestly, when I heard that definition, I thought, why isn't everybody like that? That seems like that's the way you make it in life. And um, my attitude, my actions continued like that. By the time I was 16, I was actually having conversations around the kitchen table like this, but I was the only person talking. And people had come from other cities just to hear me speak. There was a time from 17 to 20 where I wore white all day, every day, <laughs> for all white for, for three years. Yeah. And um, I basically, I walked and I talked and I spoke to people. And I did lots and lots of drugs and drinking during this time. You know, it was... Um, I was so empathetic that when I heard other people dig at each other or make jokes about each other, it would uh, it would hurt me emotionally to where I would find myself sitting alone in my bedroom crying because of the way other the world treated the world. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. just my friends, it was everybody on the street. So I found that the way to counteract that empathy was drinking drugs and ego. Mm -hmm. So I started um, having sex with as many women as I possibly could, and that made me feel better. It's that same instant gratification, but on the other side of instant gratification was always suffering. Like I, I was always, always suffering on the inside, even always. though everybody. <clears throat> that just reminded me of the time that I was. This is amazing, but I worked at Princeton University. You probably don't know this about me. Years ago, and I put in my name to go see the Dalai Lama when he visited, and I got it. I got nice. the ticket, and there was only a couple of us faculty that could go. And he said something that I will never ever forget. He said, "Short term pain, long time peace. Short term happiness or short term pleasure, long term pain, and that's yeah. like that whole yeah, that's exactly theory right. of instant gratification." It's funny because when I think about how I lived that, I think I came up with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> instant gratification only brings suffering, yeah. and service to others only brings joy. But I mean, there's many a times yeah. when I'm being of service to others, and it does hurt, and it does cause suffering inside of myself. 
But suffering is just as important as joy because it's that sweet without the bitter. There is no such thing as sweet if you don't have bitter. There's no such thing as wonderful, happy day if you don't know what a pain is. Yeah. So suffering and joy are two sides of the same exact. And if I want my life to always be joyful, then I have to embrace suffering. And that's how I embrace suffering now. It's um, not just what lesson am I learning, but oh, how wonderful another moment to grow. Mm -hmm. And that makes <laughs> suffering just so as joyful <laughs> as you want. And it yeah. really does. It works like that. It does that's, work. It's like I was reading something this morning that said a sad thought or a bad thought for staying in the morning, ruining your entire day. And uh, when I read that, I thought, my life is based off of the perception that if I have a happy life, that means even when suffering and painful things and bad things come into my life, if I'm immediately on to the solution, then my life is always positive. Because solutions are full of positivity, even though they hurt sometimes. But sitting and dwelling on the problem is only suffering. Mm -hmm. And do I want my life to be full of suffering or do I want it to be full of positivity? You know, so I mean positive on a regular basis. And sometimes it makes me a little bit but that's okay. I'd rather be foolish and joyful than super smart and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So with that path, I um after my teenage years, and I, like I said, I was having these conversations around the kitchen table a lot. I started writing some books, and people really started respecting me. My ego took off and went crazy. And you were still drinking, and oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Didn't, I got sober the first time. Okay. Um, at 23, I had a daughter that's 22 years old now, and for 20 or 22 years, I was like, so there was some times in there when I drank again. Pretty much most of her life, I had sober. It's pretty good because Amazing. I actually I went home from a concert and said, and I got kicked out of the concert, and it was a 311 concert. 311 is my birthday, so it all meant something to me. And I got kicked out of the concert on 11-3, and I got in a fight with the cabbie on the way home. And I went into my tent to my wife and said, we need to have a baby so that I stopped drinking. So within a week, she was pregnant. <laughs> And we had a baby, and by that pregnancy, it was really, really bad. I was um, drinking more than I ever had. You know, ducks were kind of falling out. I was bleeding internally and suffering really, really bad. And I was taking all the suffering out on her, smacking her around and pulling her hair, being drunk, you know, just being a, a, an evil, evil individual. You know, cutting myself and spraying the blood on her. I was, I was sick, you know, and I didn't know how to be anything different. I was still overflowing with narcissism. I didn't care what she thought. She was like a, like a tool or an instrument to me, you know. No more no more respected than, say, a hammer or a cooking strip, you know. It's just where my mind was at and how alcohol had grabbed a hold of me in every way, you know. 
I didn't say this, but I started drinking before I held that egg. So I was drinking around one and a half, two years old. And by the time I was five, it was becoming regular. When I was seven, it was not every single day, but most days at seven years old. I was working in that black, scraping trays, and I would get paid in beer. And that's just like by the time I was 13, I'd done every drug you could name. Mm-hmm. Not a drug that I hadn't done by the time I was 13 because I had started doing drugs at a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. So the alcohol and the drugs, for me to get sober at 23, it was time. Yeah. And if you're getting sober, you know, the 12 steps, they really take you on a spiritual journey. I tease all the guys that I work with now and say, this book is just an idiot's guide to God. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a channeled work. And what's wonderful it's about amazing. that, and I don't know if you know, Maria <laughs> Baba was giving a talk in New York City, and everybody said, you know, this, the seventh uh, incarnation, you know, what is it that you're doing through the world as the seventh incarnation? So what I do is talk. He said, there's somebody down the street who's in millions of people. And it just so happens that down the street, Bill W. was giving this very first time. Whoa. Not even a block away from them. And Bill W and Mayor Baba had never spoke, they had never met, nothing like that. No Bill W's name by any means. He could just feel that the world was going to be changed by the way that the guy was tossing down the street. Because you know, energy has no bounds. So yeah. you could feel the energy. Yeah. Feel the passion. Yeah. And I don't respect Bill W on a huge basis either. Yeah, he's a great writer and awesome con man and a great promoter, you know, more like Spike Lee. <laughs> but he did set a spark yes. that ignited in the world. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing. Um, I haven't really shared too much of my own story on my own podcast, but I've been, you know, in and out of sobriety since I was 17, essentially. And so right now I have 60 days sober as we're recording this. So it's like, you know, I'm very familiar with Bill W and familiar with the, the, the program. And I think it is a channel work. And I think it is it is a direct guide to God. Despite and, Bill w. <laughs> and I've seen people like you just shared things about yourself that I mean you probably saw it on my face. Oh, yeah. I did not know that about you. Oh, yeah. And I love you more than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like I've always I've always love you. I see what you do for the community. And to hear that coming from you triggered first triggered the fuck out of me. Because <laughs> I just, you know, went through oh. a crazy <laughs> experience. And then I'm also like, holy shit, like, look at how God has shifted. And that's why I do this podcast. That's why I've just always been a seeker of God and truth. And and it's amazing to hear that you went from that low type of vibration, the lowest of the low, to like where you are now. Like, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's strange that to become as strong as you possible can be, I think, suffering it's is part of the path. It's, oh. it's the most necessary part. I agree 100%. And if you think about Buddha's story, he was a king, you know, or oh, next, yeah. next in line to be king, and he um, saw the 
those people living differently than he was living. And he saw that they needed help. And he knew that he couldn't do it from the place he was at. So he took off all of his clothes, dug up a dead body, put on those clothes, and that's when he walked. I think he did do some speaking on the way, but that's when he walked to the Bodhi tree, sat down the tree. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of those two weeks, he became the Noah and broke the Dhammapada, yeah. which is writings ever written. And mm-hmm. not he inspired a walk, you know. Um, Buddhism isn't a religion, it's a practice. He, he inspired a practice that just teaches people to get closer. And that's the great bodhisattvas like Jesus, like Buddha. That's what they had the ability to cross over at any time. But once you have that ability, the only thing that's possible is to stay in hope. Yeah. That's what a bodhisattva is. That's it. Yeah. That is. Like, yeah. Once you have the ability to enlighten, your only next step is an enlightenment. And I don't think that I'm a Bodhisattva by any means, but at the same time, the amount of suffering that I took in in my life, it was weird. I was even in sobriety. I was seven years sober. So it was eight years ago. I came across some of the worst pain that I've ever felt. I found out that my... uh, 15-year-old daughter at full time had been cutting on herself. My daughter had been taken out of state with my wife, soon the ex-wife. And um, we went to the mall because that's something me and my daughter used to do together because I've always raised my daughter. It's been many years since she was born. And uh, I came across a fortune cookie that said, gratitude is the father of all virtues. I didn't really know what virtues were, so I was like, Definition. I heard patience is a virtue. So I didn't even know the definition of virtue. I looked up virtue and said, I have quality. Oh, so to walk on earth with a heavenly quality like gratitude or patience is phenomenal. So I said, How many virtues are there? You know, thinking there was 12 or 18. I came across a list of like 260. And I was suffering. I was spending most of my day time during the day crying. I was going to work every day, standing on the ladder, doing my job, crying. And everybody thought it was weird, and I cried. And I kept crying, and I kept crying, and I kept crying. I had this form of suffering in me that I'd never felt before, in sobriety. Mm-hmm. So um, without alcohol or drugs to numb the pain, I read every single one of those definitions. And when I came across the reverence, it reminded me of the and I don't know why, because reverence basically loved the world is covered. The world is broken, love it in. The world is me, love it in. The world is me, love it in. And that amount of love to be reverent of earth, you know, reverent of its people, reverent of the vibration that its people bring, that changes you. Mm-hmm. I met Sarah about six months after that. Maybe a little bit, yeah, about six months after that. And I told her when we met, my wife was there, that um, I was changing. And I wasn't changing for her, but I didn't want her to be concerned or confused six months from now because I was going to be a totally different person. 
conversation. Because I was working on myself in a whole new way that I've never felt before. And I just didn't want her to think that all the new stuff or the new changes I was making was me faking being with her. Oh. I, was, I was trying to be sincere. I'm like, yes, I'm yeah. going to do a lot of changing. Yeah. And I want you to know that at the other end of this change, it'll be a better man, not a worse man. I just want people to realize that I'm not faking anything. I'm not lying about anything. I'm building myself all because of the definition of the word. All I because knew, of God showed up for you in that fucking fortune cookie. Fucking magical. Yeah, and it just so I feel happens, like crying, but yeah. I don't want to. I'm fighting it. <laughs> when I brought, I, when me and some other guys got together and decided to make a men's group, I brought a bunch of cool names to the table. We should share also that Hans is one of the founders of. A men's group in the Myrtle Beach area called Reverence, and so I wanted to share that as well. Yeah. Also, his wife Sarah Nicole of Twisted Goddess Tarot, Twisted Goddess Crystals, and like wearing all her stuff. She's amazing, and and a beautiful tie in there is that she was my first ever Top of Tuesday guest, and yeah. also like you, you shared your transformation with or her. In my actual birth chart, she's like, you need someone who can keep up with how much you transform because yeah. there is a new you all the time. So I love the parallels. Yeah, all right. of all of it is connected. All of literally, it is connected. Yes, connected. I have this tattooed on me, like literally, like so we're all connected. <laughs> it's amazing. So yes, continue. This is a beautiful story. So um, when we were creating the men's group, some. Um, Six or six years later, I I brought some really neat names, you know, because I was kind of going off sacred sun. So I was like um, using two words and using a spiritual word and a word that means being. And I had like five of those names. And then at the end, I told the story about reverence and what reverence meant to me and how reverence had changed me. And it was unanimous. Not one person voted for any other name for the men's group. I wanted it to be referenced. And you say what it means to you, what does it mean to you, and then what is the actual definition of it? Well, reverence is loving the world despite what it means to me. Which is, makes me want to cry mm -hmm. right now. It's funny because I always bounce it off of what Rick and Morty say. <laughs> I don't know what Rick and Morty say. You're both pieces of shit, and <laughs> I care about you less equally. <laughs> if you need me to, I can prove it mathematically. <laughs> Literally, like and that's what rubber seems to me. It's like no matter how much I don't care about the demons of the world, love them anyway. Right now it's triggering me. Yeah. I mean, not triggering, I don't know. It just makes me it's opening me. It makes yeah. me want to cry. It's yeah. like when we do Kirtan mm -hmm. and I am love and you are too, it makes me tear up every time because no matter how much someone has hurt you, if you can view them as like a child or they are a child of God, no matter how much they've hurt you or done that, that's what that lyric brings me to. Like, mm -hmm. I am love and you are, you are love too, even if you are a piece of shit. Yeah. And, and you're that, still love. Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard in practice and every, sometimes. Every loving is part of our path and part of our journey and every piece of shit you need is part of our path and part 
Like without them, we wouldn't be who we are. And that's 100%. like, I've had the molestation. I've had things like that. And it's like, you know, I have ditched dead bodies. And those things, without them, I wouldn't be me. So despite whatever it is that's happened along the way, I needed every single bit of that to be right here, right now, with you, speaking. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Sixty days. Yeah, sixty days. I wouldn't have thought. And it's like it is amazing when when we can view life that way. People ask me to speak as the old times. Yeah. And and I only have fifteen years. I'm forty-six years old. Seems like a lifetime to me. My life, you know. But at the same time, it's like. I still feel like that year and a half old kid or that 13 year old kid or that 17 year old kid inside, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done some adult things and I have an adult business and I pay my adult taxes sometimes. But I pay my taxes. It's taxes. Don't worry. Hello, Mr. IRS. I pay my taxes. <laughs> um, oh, why are we like this? But I'm still. Like, Sarah I'm still had Sarah was sitting, but she had to go. Yeah, she's like, like she, pants is a Pisces, and I'm a rising Pisces, and it's just like well, maybe it's yeah. Bless her, we love her. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know where we were at. I don't know. Yeah. Reverence. Yeah, we're talking reverence. about reverence and how the guys we met. All agreed on the name. There was no contest or no, no, conversation. Was yeah, it was yeah. Like what a just because of what Romans meant to me, it also meant something new to them. I guess maybe they were inspired that not just the definition of Romans or reading all those virtues or anything like that inspired them. Maybe they seen the way it inspired me and they loved that about the. Without the communication so much that they need it back. Yeah. And I mean, I tell my story a lot from the Yeah. And it, it's almost like it rebooted me back to that 17 year old kid. But, but now I have new tools with meditation, with work, with um, guiding others, you know, to be reverent or to aim at being bodhisattva. You have to realize that service to others brings true joy. Yeah. Despite what it takes out of you. And don't get me wrong, I don't hang out with poisonous people that just are out there to poison because they'll come to be. You will go to their level before they ever come up to you. And and at the same time, they have to they have to have a need before I invest. my soul into changing Like most people don't want to be changed. Most people want to live in the matrix and they would fight you to be out of it, period. You know, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about the matrix as Keanu Reeves best-selling movie or if you're talking about the matrix in between atoms, the energy that actually makes electrons move. That's how, um, what was his name? Uh, the father of quantum physics. Is that Isaac Newton? Not Newton, he was a uh, father of gravity. Uh, right? Yeah. I was sitting under the tree and Apple hitting him. Not Einstein? Apple. No, no. It was, um, somebody you probably heard, like Hector, Oprah, something like that. A little short name. 
father of quantum physics. Oh. And he said at the bottom of every glass, you know, at the beginning of quantum physics, you know this. By the time you get to the bottom of the glass, you know that everything, everything. has a creative intelligence and that it is God. Yeah. And that quantum physics shows you that the flower of life, everything grows the same exact way because everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And whether it's that dark energy that makes the electron move around the nucleus of the atom, or whether it's the fact that no matter actually exists, everything is just vibration. Yeah, our frequency. Eyes, we see the vibration and see the frequency. And then and our brain. They create a hologram. Yeah. This is what we're seeing. There are creative constructs. So like my brain the make you look blue. different than other brains? Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Definitely, you live in your own reality 100% because your perception and your holograms, you look different. There are, and the way that this works, a creative construct, mm-hmm. uh, or agreed upon construct, the sky is blue. Mm-hmm. You see a blue sky, I see a blue sky, 100%. How do I know your blue isn't my red? Yeah, we see the same yeah. color and yeah. we know how we connect to our color. This is what's happening right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> showing off our board. Yeah, this is our. I think mine is a girl, though. Look at yeah. her head; is smaller. Yeah. I think it is a girl. I got the old man. The old man's over there. We'll grab him. As we're talking about these crazy, crazy things, this is our alien family. This is an amethyst with tiger eyes, and then that's Sotarian. And then are those yeah. labradorite right eyes? Now. Yeah. So this is this is our vibe right now. I just, I just had to invite them to this conversation. <laughs> yeah, how do we? I had this thought today, actually, because I'm waiting tables right now again. And this woman says to me that, oh, you look carbon copy like my friend. Like, she's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And I had this thought, this very thought today. I was like, what if, like, I look different to everybody? Like, I look like her friend to her, but to the man she was with, I look like a totally different woman. Or to you, I look totally different. And it's crazy because that thought came in as I'm waiting tables running around. I'm like, wow, that's cool. Because I've had so many people say that to me. You look like blah, blah, blah. You look like this. Like the other night, one of my tables said that I look like Drew Barrymore. And I was like, do I look like Drew Barrymore? Like, it's like that weird concept of, well, the thing is, once their perception tells them that you look like their friend, you look more and more and more like their because friend the, the more they look at you. Yeah, the brain. That's a, yes, you know, and maybe you don't look like her friend. Yeah, but she smelled a certain smell while she was eating her pizza or whatever, and mm-hmm. she glanced up and it reminded her of a friend. And as soon as she looked at you, all she could see was yeah. her friend, didn't you? It's amazing. Or maybe your accent or the way you said a certain thing. Or the eyebrows, or you know, something <laughs> kind of clicked in her to her. Oh, that looks like Alyssa. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I know. Not that Alyssa's. Alyssa's great. Yeah, you never know. I thought yeah. about. I literally thought about that today. Though I was like, that's so interesting because so many people have said that to me. And I thought maybe I am a shapeshifter, like oh, because maybe I am the shape or the whatever that people need to see at that moment. 
Or the vibration. Yes. You know, all they're seeing is yeah. vibrating atoms anyhow. No matter who <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, despite the fact that we're all living in some kind of a vibrational field, you know, whether you want to call it third dimension, fourth dimension, whether human humanity as a whole even exists, you know, what is, um, there's a saying that's, we're all just an experience of God experiencing himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever that creative intelligence is, it made it says, you know, and a lot of the books actually say that we are God's children because he needed somebody to worship. Yeah. Oh. Not yeah. because he wanted to feel love, you mm -hmm. know, and um, and how would you feel love if you were, you would create something that loved you. Yeah, you know, that's true. Why do people buy dogs? You know, I not love your, my dog. Yeah, I love my dog. <laughs> yeah. We're the saddest dog on earth. She's like, oh. <laughs> so sad. I know. I she knows we're laughing at I her. feel like we're on a TV <laughs> show, but we don't have, like, I can't be like, okay, guys, hand the camera. I don't. I want to I wanna hear, like, like, in front of the studio audience and laughing and everything. I know, like, the applause <laughs> sign goes on, like, up over here. We do the show this is mm -hmm. great but um yeah that's crazy about i i really i started uh i i just completed this positive intelligence program and the guy talks about neuroplasticity which has been a source of my personal fascination mm -hmm. for a couple of years now because neuroplasticity is when you actually change your brain pathways and you do that through getting into your theta brainwave state meditative state and then going into memories and choosing a different outcome mm -hmm. but not like re not like not like men in black like choose not like that but like a way to heal yeah and so i i'm now obsessed with neuroplasticity and i want to learn more about the brain and so i don't know it's just fascinating to me that you mentioned that yeah. perception but I Anyways. studied genetics as a kid for quantum genetics for and me. quantum physics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I took a bunch of courses because every course that major schools like Harvard offer, yeah. you can take online for free. Of course, oh. you don't get a doctorate at the end. But, but you can take it. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of professors discuss quantum physics and the different aspects of it, and a lot discuss genetics and how we're made up. and how everything is stored in our DNA, but if our DNA is just vibration too, it's almost like we're programmed in our DNA as we go. Mm -hmm. You know, um, cells have memories just like crystals have memories. You know? Yeah. And that's what we're doing, even though we destroy ourselves on a regular basis and we throw them away and something like 240,000 reborn every single day. Like the memory from our DNA is automatically restored into each cells. Mm -hmm. But we're actually changing our memory with our DNA. Even if there is no past, there is no future, it's all one linear. You know, mm -hmm. the only thing that's real is the present moment. Yeah. So as long as the present moment is the only thing real, then right now is when we are us. When you what try is to time? Yeah. Time's not Yeah, no, not really. I also want to circle back to your 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 comment about suffering being part of the path yeah so <clears throat> i feel like i have gone through a lot of suffering and i feel like pain is my greatest motivator and i also wrote an article years ago called pain is the alchemy of the human spirit because pain is is that pivotal moment where you make the choice to change 
or not. Mm-hmm. You know, or not. You stay in that vibration and you can keep in your cycle of pain mm-hmm. or it will push you to that next level of ascension. Really. And um, I've had this this debate with many people that, like, I don't know, I do shamanic work. And for years, like, I doubted doubted my own shamanistic properties or whatever, but I had my fingerprint analyzed, and she said that it's in my DNA, like, it's in your DNA. And so I kind of made peace with the suffering as part of the path of doing shamanic mm-hmm. work. But, yeah, I mean... Just like you said, without the suffering, we wouldn't be here in this moment right now. Like we, it would have been a different timeline for. And sometimes recently, I mean, you know what's going on with me. I cry, and I'm like, did I choose the wrong timeline? But there is no wrong. Yeah, those other timelines are going on with us. Yeah, yeah. And in that (laughs) timeline, you're probably asking, did I choose the wrong timeline? Because you're all time, everything, everyone, at every moment, all the time. So mm-hmm. even if, like, it's just reincarnation, you know, and part of our soul is transformed into the grass, and part of our soul is transformed into another human, you know, we become another human for a while. Or it's that, I lost my train of thought, but even if it's not, even if it's just one soul and it transfers, even if we're not broken up into pieces, we still are us, and they say that eventually we are everyone that's I ever existed. Yeah, I've done this Everyone that's ever house. existed. Fine. Yeah. Eventually I'll be you looking at me right here on the couch, and eventually you'll be me looking back. You know, eventually you might be Carmen, or eventually you might be Sarah, we live in the same day. You know, yeah, I hear some people say, um, "Oh, I've heard that too." And I'm like, "And you're a Pisces, yeah. which is the end of the line." Yeah, well, it's yeah. like I was like, "He sort of does." Buddha was a judge. Yeah, May Lama was a judge. Maybe they but, were the same. Yeah, maybe they were the same. They considered well, May Lama considered them all the same. Toad was the original, and Toad came back as a reason. Came back, he's from distressed and dentist, but Tokyo's from Atlantis, so it says. And to be an Atlantean, you could live. I was there. 30,000 years to 280,000 years, mm-hmm. just depending on where your vibration was. I'm same thing with Lemuria. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much that's hidden from us, not just with Lemuria, what the pyramids actually are oh, things yeah. like that there's so much more given from us just <clears throat> it was just uh 200 years ago where there was a great purpose and it was actually videos and flying ships and things like that and they told very well mm-hmm. stories about the mud flood where there was great Egyptian buildings here in the United States. There was great Greek buildings here in the United States. They buried it and tore it all down after it was there because they didn't want that kind of technology getting out to regular everyday humans. Same reason they buried Tesla or they buried the three people that have created the water car. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want us being more than what we are. If you look at our same with the. Uh... Well, I don't know if we can talk about that, but I feel like we're here. Yeah, they don't want us to know our own magnificence. That's why there's AI and Mm -hmm. all of this, that, and the other technologies. Yeah, my daughter said, why would somebody make a video of 
a fake shark on a beach in North Carolina said, well, they want to get some views, but for another, it keeps you entertaining into the AI photography. Why are they creating whole worlds inside we are right now? Because they don't, they want us to be batteries and servants and not the right ones. They want us to be used mm -hmm. thrown away, not of service to go do it. Earlier you said something about um pain is the greatest motivator. I've got Ooh. growth on my <laughs> arm right here because I got it on my because soul. I got a star <laughs> pains are down the spine and sends you and oh. there's a star in what, the shadows. Here? Yeah. And I thought well, obviously, I haven't seen that enough. I need to write it on my wrist. Yeah, <laughs> I have the, you're talking about Egyptian magic and technology. And the first tattoo I ever got was the Egyptian Ankh. And I never, mm -hmm. I did not know why. But now I've done my Rose Priestess mentorship. And I'm Shamanic Rose Priestess. And very connected to Isis and Hathor. They don't hate real Ankhs anymore. But Ankhs were used in sexual practices. Well, so you yes. didn't waste your... Your energy. Yep. A lot of people call it the um, coming up the 13 vertebrae is, you know, and then the minute The 13 you, vertebrae? And I yeah. have it right here. Yeah. Holy and, shit. I just got chills. I think you're teaching yeah, about that me. It's the Christ consciousness. Yeah. But the minute you spew your seed, you lose it all. Yeah. But an onk was used if I held it over my head and then put it over your head. That our energy would actually like a, circulate, yeah. so we would never waste our class consciousness. Mm -hmm. We would actually, I would give it to you, and you'd give it back to me, and you'd give it to each other. And that's what the onk was used for. That's why it was such a wonderful tool because it kept your vibration high despite things like bloody water. Mm. You know, because, yeah. And um, we actually talk a lot about that in reverence about not wasting, you know, and I said, well, there's ways to not waste because they were talking about Christ consciousness and said, well, if you do that with your life, you're still wasting it. So we have to figure out ways to not waste it. So we go with each other because if not, then you are just seeking instant gratification and not connection. Mm -hmm. And connection is what really makes that vibration raise in both partners. Yeah. And I mean, through the Rose Priestess lineage, we I studied, um, well, not studied, but learned about sacred sexuality and um, techniques, Tantra, and also just like how, sac how sacred that really is, that energy. It's life force. It's mm -hmm. creative energy. So... Yeah, that's for a long, this, long time. Very long time. Oh, you didn't get that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yes, for a long time they've been doing that. <laughs> I slept with a lot of women growing up because my ego told me that's what I needed to do to, to feel good about yourself, yes. to feel wanted and yes. desired. And then, for it, and then for it, I really thought, yeah, and all that brought me so. Yeah, I've learned to harness my my sexual energy like through my own experiences like i see a lot of people that are not spiritually aware like they are in a breakup or something that that's the first thing they do like to get over someone you yeah. get under someone else and that's just not the way that i i mean i've done that in the past, but i definitely have now cultivated my own i've 
I have learned through my suffering mm -hmm. how sacred I really am and how important it is to harness that energy and not just give it out because you are literally exchanging energy. Yeah, what? definitely. Actually, you're exchanging DNA too. Uh, yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a lot of wasteful times in my past where it was just, it was all out of narcissism, egotistical behavior, wanting to be the best at certain things, wanting to be known for certain things, just mm -hmm. wanting to be, to be out there. And, and it was all, not necessarily the wrong reasons, but it was always painful. You know, the drugs and the alcohol and the sex is always painful. Getting and outside of self. Soul. Yeah. Luckily, the drugs and the alcohol numbed it for the time. And then until they stopped working. Until it works until it doesn't uh, work. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck. Yeah. And then you pain again. The, it's like that crossroads of, am I going to go <clears throat> this way towards ascension? Or am I going to stay in this pain? Yeah. No matter what pain causes growth, you wear it causes negative growth. Oh, yeah. Oh, a bunch of pain. I'll just relax now. It gets worse and it gets better. Yeah. It doesn't stay. Well, you mentioned the reverence group again, and I want to, I think it's amazing, first of all, that there are men meeting and being there for other men and crying mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and talking about hard things. And um, I, I love that you shared that you do kind of. Well, you touched on a little bit about what we talked about, but if you want to talk uh, about how often you guys meet or if people wanted to join, like how would they join? And yeah, like what is the reverence? Yeah, there's a couple different Facebook groups. We have a Discord group. If you got anywhere on Facebook, you could find us. Yeah. But we meet every other Thursday and it's always at somebody else's house because we want it to be co-facilitated by the men in the group so that every group is different and there is no leader. There's nobody that runs it. There's nobody that owns it. It's it's everyone's. It's the world's. It's not just the 30 guys that show up to the meetings or the five guys that show up to the meetings. You know, the numbers fluctuate depending on what's going on in the world and people's lives. You know? But we talk on Facebook. We talk on Discord. We all have created wonderful bonds with each other. We're actually on... I've kind of... I've led men's circles in my house for the last 20 years. And I've helped my, I would say that my specialty is shadow work. Like I help people find their demons and look at their demons and whether or not they live with that demon owning them and running their life. Because most of the decisions I've made in my life are based on selfishness, self-centeredness. That is my trouble, driven by fear, self-delusion. I mean, and so yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as I'm playing the victim, I'm scoring points. And if I can't play the victim, then I'm narcissist, and I'm the best in the group. You know, yeah, egotistical with, Ego uh, with an inferiority yeah, complex, complex. Yeah, megalomaniac yeah. yeah. kind of. I've been helping people, not just men, but people through those trials and those tribulations for the last twenty years, and I. I've grown real good at it. I've actually created an own, my own packet that's like um, similar to the 12 steps. It's just way more intense, way deeper, and it's 
also crosses off the eight-point path and it crosses off the seven deadly sins and the seven holy virtues. Mm-hmm. So you actually see the way that you've been walking, talking, and living, how your attitude and your actions shape your perception at the end of this. And hopefully through prayer, meditation, breath work, um, yoga, all the wonderful things that we do on a regular basis, hopefully through those things, you can keep your demons, your negativities, your whatever. And it just so happens I have to be of service to you. I have to constantly be serving others, or else, I mean, I got got monsters inside. Oh, yeah. I got demons that maybe they're in a cage, maybe they're. Maybe some of them are dead. Maybe my ego has stepped back so that my demons can't take ownership. You know, my fear can't take ownership. Yeah, but it's like, I'm not scared of alcohol or drugs at all. I'm scared of selfishness. It's not the alcohol or the drugs. I'm scared of fear. I don't want fear to hurt me. Yeah. For so long. So as long as I stay of service to others, I'm one step ahead of any type of suffering. Mm-hmm. But I don't use suffering as a motivator. I do that. I use joy as a motivator. I love For that. For a long time, suffering is the only thing that made me do the work to be better. But when the suffering is gone, and I was better. Oh, then I don't need a new motivator. Then I get on my stuff again. So on drugs or on Self sabotage? Yeah. Yeah, I, so, get, I feel that. I really I, do. I seek being service. Yeah. I hate how busy it makes me sometimes. I would like to just sit around and watch some TV every once in a while. <laughs> but that's not my walk. Not today, at least. Maybe I'll be seven to five. Uh, <laughs> I'll lose my feet in an accident. And I'll get to catch up on TV. You know? <laughs> but yeah. till then, it's just commander brain. <laughs> I make time. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that my perspective is definitely shifting as far as I don't want to have suffering be my motivator. Now it's like, if that doesn't feel good, I'm tired of not listening to that and ending up in so much fun. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, what's going to actually feel good? Like, Mm -hmm. so my ego, my demons, right? And you were talking about demons and having them and I have them too, absolutely. My shaman, my mentor from the Northeast said to me once that for every person that has great light, there is that amount of dark. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. So like I, you know, started connecting Archangel Michael, a very, very big light being. I was like, fuck, that means that I could also work with the other coin. I everything is a choice. It really is. Pretty well. So I tell Sam 59%, 49%. Sometimes it's 49.9. Yeah. 50.4. Yeah. Like, and like, I'm barely on this side. Like, and it's it hard. Is. I get, I feel that so strongly. Yeah. Like, especially like in moments of anger for me. Anger is one of my things um, for sure that I've worked on for a long time. My thoughts sometimes go directly to a revenge thought. Not like love and light. I'm like, no, fuck that. You know what I mean? But that's the humanness of this experience, too. Well, to humans that are going bad, I don't think about revenge on them. Uh-huh. You know, even people that harm me, I don't necessarily think about revenge on them. Okay. It's finally time. I'm allowed to go murder pedophiles. 
Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's where I'm at 51, 49%. Yeah. Today I'm 51%. Yeah. 49%. Yeah. Like I'm, it would just take something just a little bit. <laughs> just just stop me. For nobody to ever see me. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> ever see me again. I just be gone. Yeah. And it's maybe it's because of me. Maybe it's because of that. my daughter. So many other people that have been broken, not to a point of unrepair, but broken to a point of self sabotage, you know, mm -hmm. broken to a point of of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And I don't like seeing that. Yeah. And if I could change that, by killing some pedophiles and why, yeah, why not? So it kind of adds up to in my brain, but I'm going to sit up. <laughs> well, so I'm I mean, going to keep on helping others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think that what people uh, will share with me sometimes, like their aspirations, like I want to be this and I want to be that. And for me, it's just like, I just want to be a good person. And if I can help one person, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, fuck, does that mean I'm like lazy? Like, I don't have all these, like, crazy goals. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes it's just, like, literally, it's as simple to me as, like, I want to be happy. Like, people are like, where do you see yourself in five years? What's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? I'm like, I don't know, because I just want to live in now, like, one day at a time and be happy and be the best version of myself that I can be. And then, yeah, my ego is like, well, that's not very goal-oriented. I want to build 23 houses. Okay. And have some goats and chickens and build a huge building and let everybody use them in every day. I love that. That's what I mean. It's I a think... big garden, lots of fruit trees, lots of berries. Okay. Know? I like that. I think Maybe I... some loincloths on the holidays. Oh, know? yeah. Okay. I love that. Jason Lamar. I don't know. Does mm -hmm. that. I, um, well, I don't know. Well, I think I would want a fan. I do want a fan. But I don't know what that's called. But, uh, yeah. Like, there are goals. It's just not super uber specific. Yeah. I, I was raised in a way to where no matter how badly the family treats you, they're still family saved. You know, you know them love them forever. I rejected that because actually the saying, um, blood is thicker than water, if you read the whole thing, it's the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, which means the exact opposite of the way everybody uses it. Oh. Yeah, blood is thicker than water. Creating the family love with friends and people you choose to be around is thicker than the water of the womb. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know that. No, I mean, yeah, usually you think mm -hmm. blood is thicker than water, so then that alliance is with your blood relations. Yeah, but the exact family, opposite. I agree. Probably. I agree. I think that mm -hmm. you know, family is also who you choose. Yeah, yeah. And it's important to love your family. Yeah. So if there's people that you're blood related to that you don't love because they've treated you badly for years and years and years, then that's acceptable and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, I mean, I mean, I walk through, kind of consider myself this morning. See, yeah. I'm in the Christian church. I've got hermetics on me. I've got the world on me. You know, I, anytime I can change something to help me. That's what my walk is. So today, yeah. my help is, or my need, my service is to help one person. It's to help that person. It's in my path. Yeah. If tomorrow it's to help 
a hundred people, then it's a hundred people. What it is. So as long as I keep getting things put in my path, I don't know if you know this, but a couple of the founders of Reverence and the founder of her sacred circle are doing family circles together. Yeah. We're actually doing children's circles and men and women co-ed circles, and we're all going to do this together because I wanted to mention that. So I'm glad that you needs. are right now. Yeah. And that's coalescence. That's going to be Saturday, right? Yeah. This yeah. coming Saturday is our first meeting, and we're going to be on probably five monthly, tri monthly, something yes. like that to figure it out. I mean, who knows? Maybe yes. Maybe this will go so well, and people will say, "We need this. We need this. We need this," and then we'll have more than we thought we were doing. Yeah, you know, you never know. I remember. Um, I've always been like a seer of sorts, and I remember I had a conversation with Leah like last year, and I was like, "We are planning our Mary Magdalene event," and I was like, "Have you ever thought about doing an event with men? Like, we should have the men." And I, I was just voice noting with her the other night because we're pretty close, and mm -hmm. uh, she was like. I don't remember that, but I I know that you definitely did. She was like, I know you're a seer, and now it's like happening, and I'm just so excited that it's happening, and I'm planning on being there Saturday, and then also her and I had talked on the side about me potentially doing something with y'all. So yeah, she said she talked to you guys about it, so I'm excited to like get back out there and like do my work and yeah, I remember about a week. I'm answering the call. I'm doing to do private Reiki to attunement Saturday morning and uh been asked to teach and, and do shamanic consultations again. So, uh, and and in helping others, I help and heal myself, right? That's kind of the only way. I it is the only way. This is yeah. the way you said the Mandalorian. Yeah. I love Mandalorian. So, and it's like if you if you sit downstairs and meditate, maybe you'll maybe you'll by yourself. Sand, maybe you won't. Maybe, but what service have you done for the world? Mm -hmm. You know, even if. You sit and meditate until you transcend, say, six months from now, doing you shrink up and killing your heart. Mm -hmm. What service is that? Right. You know? Yeah. There's, I don't think there's any greater way to live on this pain, this reality, on this planet without being a service. Like I agree. Empathetic service. Even. There's you not, know? yeah, there's, I mean, what else is there? Because then it's just us in our own little fishbowl, and like we're not doing anything. Empties. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, so, yeah. yeah. No. Even uh, somebody like you, probably not. What did he do? He sat there and he talked and they rubbed his feet and loved him, but loved them back. And he, he changed the world for those people, you know? And there was millions of people that have changed. If they mm -hmm. found people around us and Christian house and touched since they yeah. met, you know, uh huh. Created a waterfall or a tsunami. We told around us, no matter what, don't ever speak about it. You know why he said that? Because he knew Ram Das was going to speak about him, and he wanted Ram Das to also write. Yeah. And Prabhupada told me never to speak yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, he knew, he knew, uh -huh. he knew the whole thing, beginning to end, mm -hmm. still. Would 
because that's what it was used for. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're all supposed to do. Whether or not I know my end game, that I'm not going to die in a car wreck tomorrow, whatever it is that I think I know. It doesn't matter because when I was here, I was your service, and that's what's most important. And yeah, it took some time. It, does it took take some time. suffering. Time takes time. Time does take time. I do like that one. <laughs> There's a lot of like um, sayings. And I am grateful because I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm grateful that you asked me to do this in person. This has been so cool. Like I yeah. feel like we're on our own show. Uh, I like forgot. Yeah. I forgot that that was there. We're still there. Hey. Keep playing together. I know. I'm like I forgot that that was there. This is so cool. I feel like we could talk literally for hours. I don't even know how long we've been talking. I've been looking at my watch and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Is there anything else that you want to share right now? Like we're we're gonna are we already planned before we started recording. There's gonna be a part two. I've really, <laughs> there's something that cold plunges has done for me. It's almost like uh, getting comfortable being uncomfortable is is the art of suffering when we don't have anything to suffer of, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And there's something that that reboots in me when I do it every morning that has changed the way I meditate and changed the way I look to others. It's changed like I've I've never been real bad with like say mood um, rage or something like that. Somebody cuts me off and I automatically think, oh, they're on vacation. It would be nice to be on vacation. I remember last year when I was on vacation, I didn't know what I was going to. You know, I've always thought positively. Oh wow, wow, bless, job bless. <laughs> yeah, but now when they come, it's like there's there's nothing that can be so important for me to get upset. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? I sang for one of this morning. Yeah, I, yeah. I, so things like that. I just recently got into sound healing. I've studied Reiki in the past. I've studied within the past. I've studied pretty much every religion there is, and I've created it all back to hermetics. It's all based off of hermetics, and I understand that. And everybody, humanity as a whole, needs to follow. You know, if you notice that, we either follow a political party, follow our country, there has follow to be religion. Something. You know, humanity as a whole needs to follow. And I don't want to be followed. I just want to walk a path. And me walking that path has caused other people to heal around me. And it's it's not admirable. It's, it's no greater walk that I've never had in the walk I do now to see people they see the light in their eyes come back on see uh, people grow see people become who they were always supposed to be like to be able to best. be a part of that such an honor and I'm just such a talking blessing. about that with Andrew oh, yeah. Yeah. it's such a blessing like I remember it too yeah I've seen so many Rough cases and hopeless cases get turned around to be who they were always supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I can't walking through life in a different way than being able to be a part of that. I love that so much. And it inspired me to hear that I was not doing my podcast, um, I wasn't doing anything. And uh, just recently, I went to the event that Stevie and you had, and you said to me, I'm ready. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> and you said, 
to be on your podcast. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not really doing that, but I guess I am doing it again. And you inspired me to start this up again. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for you to that. And then also, it just reminded me of we were at the um, soul gathering one day. And, um, you know, just the things that I've experienced, I still was showing up for myself, even though I was broken and sad and crying the whole way. But like, you know, like people got me out of my apartment and were like, come, we love you. And you told me, like, it's good to see you. And I was like, thanks, you too. And you were like, no, like, it's good to see you, like, see you. And it made me cry because I was like, yeah, you're right. Because These you, are the things that rebuild the rest of your life. And you also said to me that you hadn't really seen me in a while because mm-hmm. I was doing what I was doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And covering covering myself. So it is, it is amazing to witness people like life in them turn back on, you know? I don't know what that means. It will pop up on my computer. It's had a nice dismissal. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to say thank you because you've always been a source of light and I, I aspire to be that. And I also respect myself when I know I don't have anything to give at that given time, but God thinks that I have now you know what i mean but trying to honor also something changed in me yeah the night that i went to the akashic record yeah i did an akashic allison um allison and i did an akashic uh record english i wanted to mention that about my akashic name it means it's ashalika and it means transmuter which Mm -hmm. means changer whether you alchemist, <laughs> whether you like it or not, literally, like your interactions and experiences with me will change you. I think that's why a lot of people really, really love me or they despise me. They can't yeah. be around me. And I know you have a similar a reaction lot, to Lots people. of people blame Sarah, it on my smile. Sarah and I have talked about I felt like how people love, 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 love me, or they uh-huh. fucking hate me. And yeah. she's like, oh, hands feels the same thing. I'm like, of course he does. I feel like we're the same. Yeah, and I just, you know, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like, I'm getting, not liking my smile. Yeah, so what happened for you for the Akashic record? Well, you only, couldn't wait to leave. Yeah, I needed to get out of there. I don't know. It was, um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of, Lately, through breath work and my deeper meditation practices, there's been a lot of animals come through. Mm-hmm. Like I've been the mother lioness. Yeah. Clubs. I've been the, the great white shark. I don't know if it's great. It's just an easy thing to say. But every time I ate, there was hundreds of fish underneath me that got to You know, things like that. But that was the first time I ever seen my higher self the way that I see it every single time now. And it's, it's that's so it's, amazing. It's tough to explain, but when you first see Gandalf the White after yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. back, and you can't <laughs> see his face because his light is glowing, it's just his skin mm-hmm. is glowing with bright white light, and his hair is long, and his beard's long, and everything's glowing white. And he actually cussed me out recently. It's like I told you to write, you know. <laughs> You've got to get mean with me because I've had a rough past. I guess. Uh-huh, I guess. But like every single time I do this holotropic breath work, 
I'm going next Wednesday. Comes, which this the 19th. Oh, I'm going on the 12th. And the 26th, I'm going for the advanced class. Oh, okay. That's like a solid instead of 27. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let you go to that one after you've done it together. I've been, I've done a personal one on one with her. Oh, nice! Um, was that like two hours? It was an hour, oh. and I experienced myself, and I brought yeah. like yeah. the way others, the way God, like mm -hmm. I just I I became a celestial body, like mm -hmm. I became the stars, and I just cried, and it was so amazing. Holotropic breathwork is next level. Yeah, it was created actually by the guy from LSD to America. Yeah, and then when LSD became legal. He searched through the, throughout the world EMT? how to produce EMT, and at the end of it, this type. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And some of the other breath works, you know, Dragon Breath and um, Wim Hof, they mm -hmm. they get me there too. You know, there's Fox Breath that I do every morning, and I love that. But this is like binarial beats for me. It's yeah, a different dimension. And when I'm there, I always pick up tools that I can use with it. And that's what it's all about. And it's not about using people, it's about using tools to help. And that's, I'm finally starting to learn. There's so much more to grow. And I mean, every single day, I'm a better version of myself. And I learn more and more about religions and spirituality and quantum physics and all these things. And every single time I learn something new, I'm excited because there's so many millions of things. Yeah, yeah. I know. All I know is I know nothing. Yeah. Oh, God, I love all the shows that you mentioned, too, and movies. It's a part of life. Yeah. Empathy and movies. That's why I cry so much during the week. It's physical. During the week? Yeah. Yeah, the weekends are kind of waiting. <laughs> the I reason I it. cry so much during the weekends. Yeah. And I think the when I'm watching a show, I yeah. see an old lady crossing the street. Mm -hmm. see, you know? Or an older woman, not an old lady. It's kind of, yeah. that's my biker thought. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, I'm grateful that we were able to do this. It's a I'm cool sure. way to do this conversation. Yeah. Um. Is yeah, I mean, I guess that I, we've probably been talking for an hour, so oh, that's sure. good. Um, yeah. how can people contact you if you want them to contact you? Or I know you shared about reverence, so yeah. <laughs> do you want your contact information? Yeah, yeah I don't okay. mind. To contact me for like shadow work packet, my email is hanscarver31 at gmail.com. Hans is a weird game, I understand that it's H A N C E, like the Lance or Chance. Um, Facebook profile, Hans Carver, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. I'm on there at the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, I think that's about it. I mean, you could call me. My phone number is 855-2459. Most people don't like to call me. So it doesn't really matter. I, don't, I get like 40 fake calls a day. I might as well get some good calls. Yeah, 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 for sure. Everybody, well, everybody back. Right. Well, thank you so much. I You're love so very you. Welcome. I love you. I appreciate thank you. Thank you for coming and doing this face to face. I That's... know. I love you. 
Thank you. And yeah, connect with hands, or if you're a dude and you, <laughs> if you're a dude, that's your biker talk. Yeah, <laughs> it is my biker talk. I guess dudes can contact hands for the reverence group. Um, and if you want to get sober, hit up Bill W. Because there uh, there's the there's meanings for that, y'all. So, um, we love you and have a blessed rest of your week. Thank you all. Bye bye.